Welcome to Far Northover. This is episode 38, October 24th, 2016. With your host, Mint Toper. Thank you all for listening. Tonight's episode is right on spot. First of all, we're going to get down to uh, two things. Two things. We are going to be talking about the Cannabis Control Board meeting here in October. Got some important things we're going to be talking about, specifically the handler card issues with um, felonies and how the state is going to accept that. As well, we also have to do with on-site consumption. Major things coming up. Are they just going to kick it down the road again? We shall see. But before we get into that, we have got to get right to today's paper. Alaska Dispatch. Alright. States. First cannabis store could open this week as testing begins in Anchorage. This is by Laurel Andrews, again out of the ADN. Two Kenai Peninsula growers wasted no time delivering their product to the state's first cannabis testing facility when it opened its stores at 8 a.m. Monday in Anchorage, one of the final steps before Alaskans can legally purchase marijuana. Oh boy, 8 a.m. this morning, this morning. How long is it going to take? They were talking 48 hours. That means by the end of the week, Anchorage stores are going to be open. Leaf Abel, well, not Anchorage, Kenai Peninsula. Leaf Abel, co-owner of Great Land Ganja, walked into Cantest LLC right after the testing lab opened. He'd gotten up at 4 a.m. to make the drive from his Casilo facility into Anchorage. Abel pulled out 10 white containers labeled and sealed with tamper-proof tape from a plastic bag within a latched carrying case. In each container was a four-gram sample of different cannabis strains from his first outdoor harvest. Oh, man, it's like he's carrying um, nuclear waste. Cantas CEO Mark Malagodi checked the containers and labels. This all looks good. Cantest is the first licensed marijuana testing facility in Alaska, and its opening Monday sets the rest of the marijuana industry in motion. This is this is the first domino. Maybe not the first domino, but uh, uh, it's in there. Bam! At its most basic level, Alaska's commercial cannabis industry consists of four parts. Cultivators who grow the marijuana, testing facilities that evaluate the cannabis, manufacturers that create concentrates and edibles, and retailers who buy the cannabis products from growers and manufacturers to sell to the public. Before marijuana can be sold to consumers, it must be tested for potency and microbials. The opening day for can test had been pushed back later than anticipated, so all eyes have been on the testing facility. All other opening dates dependent on the Anchorage lab. Once the samples dropped off Monday have been tested and approved, the growers can sell their harvest to the shops. The first of those shops could open as early as this week, pending the test results. It's been a long road, and I'm happy to see it finally starting to move, Malagoti said. We get to play a real part and provide a real service to people. The lab, unassuming from the outside, is tucked into an industrial area in Anchorage's Ship Creek. Inside, the plain white walls were in need of a bit decorating, Malagoti said. A few minutes after Abel arrived, Janet Carvin 
walked through the doors, carving in as a co-owner of Green Rush Gardens, LLC in Sterling, and she had also been on the road since the early hours in the morning. She brought five strains, packaged in the same white tubes, labeled and sealed. What are these white tubes? Where are these coming from? Before driving to Cantest with marijuana samples in tow, Abel and Corvonen had entered their departure and the arrival time into the state's tracking system, known as Metric. Colorado's commercial market uses the same system. Both, both business owners chose to drive up early in the morning instead of the night before, as growers must make as few stops as possible between their cultivation facility and the testing lab, per state regulation. Abel's tamper-proof seals took a few minutes to rip off. A few minutes? Wow. But once the containers were open, the pungent smell of cannabis wafted through the room. Malagoti weighed the samples to make sure they were 4 grams, enough for both potency and microbial testing. Hmm, nice picture there. Lots of red hairs. Um, yeah, you're not going to send your best there, but you definitely want a good sample. You want that. You want those good results, right? With the samples weighed, Malagoti marked in metric that he had received them. Then he entered the samples into the lab's own internal tracking software before turning them over for testing. Once the testing is complete, in about 72 hours, Wednesday night or Thursday morning, 72, I thought it was 48, Malagoti told Abel, We'll end results in metric. That opens up the batch to be sold to a retailer, Abel said. For Abel's 10 strains, testing costs came to $12.75. He also have to pay the $50 per ounce tax on the 40 grams of cannabis he submitted for testing, despite the fact that it'll be destroyed and will never reach consumer, Abel said. The first cannabis transaction, Malagoti said after processing Abel's samples. More growers are on the way. Valkyrie Security and Asset Protection security business created to provide transportation for the cannabis industry will be delivering samples from Fairbanks on Tuesday, owner Larry Clark said. With the lab open, the state's first retail stores are closed behind. Close behind. Some are planning to open later this week or in early November. In Valdez, Herbal Outfitters hopes to open Saturday, General Manager Derek Moore said. Cannabis flowers from both Great Land Ganja and Green Rush Gardens will be on the shelves, he said. In Anchorage, Arctic Herbery will likely have another week before it can start selling immature marijuana plants, owner Brian Thorpe said. He wasn't sure when he'd have a product on the shelves. Oh, this is so exciting. In Fairbanks, Pakalolo Supply Company hopes to open on Halloween or in early November, according to co-owner Keenan Hollister. Two other testing facilities are moving toward opening this winter. AK Green Labs, LLC, in Anchorage has been approved by the state and hopes to open in early November. Owner Brian Coyle said in late September. In Juneau, Southeast Alaska Laboratories, LLC's application is under review by the state. Manager Jessica Dribblebliss said in late September the company hopes to be approved at the Cannabis Control Board's October meeting with its earliest opening at the end of November, she said. Awesome. All right. And we know there are definitely some others. Frozen Buds, Good Sense on the list coming up to be opening very soon. GoodSense will begin cultivation soon, bringing fine cannabis products to Fairbanks. Look for our shop to open in November, in time for the holidays. For good times, good sense. Whoa! Um, okay, so with those things being said, let's jump back over to look at the October CCB meeting. Alright, let's just take a look, just a brief look at the Ingedna. One of the interesting things, it's being done in Nome. That's kind of cool. <laughs> we have the director's report, 
And one of the things about the director support, she she's concerned. You know, um, the licensing section struggling. Um, people are leaving. How are you going to hire people right in the middle of things? I know GoodSense is going through issues with people that are being hired new. We shall see how things keep going. More applications are being sent in. Sarah Oates, great job. Everyone says she's doing a great job. I've seen nothing but good things out of her. Just taxed. People are being worked overload. They're asking for more help. They're again coming to the board asking for more help they need more enforcement to deal with these things criminal history update go right into this too as sb 165 becomes effective october 4th this allows amco to begin sending fingerprint cards for licenses to dps for a criminal history check so all the license all the fingerprints that have been taken there was no they were unsure of how they were going to be dealing with the fingerprints. As of SB 165, that has been sent in. They say they have no reports been turned at this time, but it takes four to six weeks for fingerprint cards to get back. If there's any issue with fingerprint cards, issue for the business. Um, from that, let's go over and look at how they're going to be talking this week. This is straight out of the regs, how they're going to be handling things. The board will not issue a handler permit to a person that has been convicted of a felony in less than five years have elapsed from the person's conviction. So five years ago, good. Person is currently on probation or parole for felony. Oh, good. Okay. Within five years, if you've been selling alcohol without a license, if you've been selling alcohol to a minor, if misdemeanor involved a controlled substance, violence against a person, use of a weapon, dishonesty. Okay, two years of submitting the application, Class A misdemeanor relating to selling, furnishing, or distributing cannabis. Class A. All right, that's a bigger one. When filing an application for a cannabis handler permit, the applicant must submit the criminal justice information report. Okay, same thing. And then they tell you what's going to happen if it's revoked. That's going to be that's going to be the tough thing. Get your business going, and then it's revoked. All right. Back to the agenda. We have Cynthia Franklin. When she gives her testimony, she's going to be talking about things. Presenting. Um, I'm excited to hear what she has to say. Not really printed out on here. It talks a little bit about what she says. Um, from that, they're going to have public testimony, things not on the agenda. I haven't heard too many things, people talking. They're going to go into the handler permits. And then the biggest one that I'm going to be watching is on site consumption. looking at on-site consumption we keep going back to people need a place to consume one tourist that is i think a number one issue people are going to be coming to take advantage of the alaskan legal market they will have no place legally to consume maybe there are can friendly hotels 
something to look into. Right now, you're going to be driving around in your car, breaking the law, walking around in public, breaking the law. Boy, I miss THC Club. That was a fun place. I mean, I know tourists are going in there. Brings the second thing. It's a good place just to meet people, even people that live here. We have places that we can smoke, go outside of our place if we own property. That's the lucky thing. If you don't own property, you're again going outside, breaking the law, maybe affecting someone next door. They don't want to smell it. It's causing problems. It brings to the next thing. People don't have a place to smoke. If you don't have a place to smoke, consume, it's going to be necessary. It's legal. Uh, I'm not sure where I heard this. Um, uh, but you, you, you build a, build a store and you can't get to the store. That's unfair. It's unfair that you can't get to the store. So, on site consumption. We're, they're putting all kinds of things. Security, ventilation, the consumption area has to be isolated from other areas of the store. An issue that's been going back and forth that's really been slowing it up is what's going to happen to cannabis that's not consumed. Are, are people just going to leave it there? What's going to happen to it? Is it going to be destroyed? How are things going to work? What happens to alcohol that's left? It's dumped down the drain. What happens to cannabis that's left? Um, I don't know. Is it going to be used? Maybe someone's going to be picking off stuff. But if right now they really made it an effort to, you can get it resealed. Whatever you have that you don't consume, you can get it resealed. You know, so that's fine. That all, that all, I think they went overboard. You're going to be able to have a gram. So I guess you can smoke half a gram and leave, quarter of a gram and leave. It's tough. All those things, $1,000 fee. That's going to be kind of tough. You know, $1,000 fee a year. It's just like any other license. It's going to be added right on to the license. You're not allowed to sell more than one gram in the transaction. Um, buy the gram, go sit down, consume it. Suppose you can go buy another gram. It's fine. Uh, no more than 10 milligrams in a single transaction of edibles. You can go up and buy a brownie and go sit down and eat it. I guess you could go up and buy another brownie, sit down and eat it. Mm, that, that 10, 10 milligrams is small. I wonder if you can, um, I wonder if you can buy flour, edibles, and concentrates or each time. So it'd be nice to go out and buy gram flour, maybe an edible to try out some of the edibles before you buy a bunch. Yeah, that's I can see that. Just trying a little taste of each of the edibles. I like that idea. The really sampling. I like the sample idea. And concentrates, um, quarter gram in a single transaction. And you can buy as much food or beverage not containing cannabis as you want. So that's what's going on 
with the regs that are being proposed. You need to have ventilation, um, restricted access, no one under 21 can be in there. There needs to be a monitor for overconsumption. You're going to have to provide written materials for people talking about the doses and safety information. Some way you're going to have to make sure that people aren't bringing in other cannabis from other stores to consume in your store. I guess you're just going to have to monitor it, right? No employee is allowed to consume cannabis during the, their work shift. You cannot allow intoxicated or drunken persons to enter or remain on the premises. You cannot sell, give, or barter cannabis to an intoxicated or drunken person. You cannot allow a person to consume cannabis or cannabis product not purchased for consumption in the endorsement area licensed retail facility. People can't bring stuff from off-premises on. Okay, and you can't have like a waiter. It says you offer or deliver. <coughs> so I guess people can't bring it to you. You have to go up to the counter and buy it each time as yourself. Makes sense. All right. Um, lots of other things. Encourage or permit an organized game or contest that involves consuming cannabis or the awarding of cannabis or cannabis product as prizes. Oh, that's funny. That brings up all kinds of interesting gaming. Definitely fun. And then you have the protest by the local governments. Um, one of the things that's happening right now in Denver, they're going to have a chance to vote on their on-site consumption. They're taking an interesting approach where Alaska is really regulating it and not involving the community. Denver has sought to seek the communities, the neighborhood, some neighborhood organizations uh, permission. And through that permission, regs kind of will be set up through that, like how to handle things. So um, this is from the Denver Post, uh, September 1st, and this vote is happening November 4th here. So days after rejecting a competing measure for the November ballot, the Denver Elections Division on Thursday approved a proposed initiative that would allow social use of cannabis in some businesses. The one that failed was spearheaded by normal. I'm not sure why that one, they turned in 10,000 signatures and the election office said that over half of them were invalid. Not sure what happened with that, but never know. No, don't know what happened. That seems like an awful lot to be invalid. But theirs failed. It was pretty much the same thing, but it seemed to leave, it was for private clubs. This initiative opens the door wide open to all kinds of business models. City voters will decide whether regular businesses, such as bars, cafes, or even yoga studios, should be able to create indoor or outdoor consumption areas for bring-your-own cannabis products under certain conditions. The most significant condition would require that an application for an annual or, per or temporary permit receive backing from a neighborhood group, such as a city-registered neighborhood organization or business improvement district. 
that would have to do in ours, we'd have to go to the downtown association or maybe a, um, a neighborhood association. What I'm thinking, I'm not sure what other places we would have. In early August, backers including Kyvan Calabari of Denver Relief Consulting turned in a ballot petitions containing what they said were 10,800 signatures in support of the initiative. They've named the Neighborhood Supported Cannabis Consumption Pilot Program. This is what we will probably end up seeing in our state, I'm guessing. Backers soon would receive results from a poll they commissioned as they began the campaign in favor of the initiative. They have signed up 50 businesses in support with the goal of enlisting 500 and will begin reaching out to neighborhood groups to discuss the measure and answer questions. It's going to be an effort of these businesses and a lot of the cannabis industry, Calabar said. We already have some of the bigger names of the cannabis industry giving customers leaflets about the initiative. We're really looking forward to engaging every single stakeholder, pro, con, or neutral in this. That's what we have to get better for, better at in Alaska here is engaging everyone, not just the pro. Four Nortokers is putting out some olive branches. The Elections Division confirmed Thursday in a tweet that workers had verified enough signatures for the initiative to make the November 8th ballot. On Monday, the Elections Division had another social use initiative. The normal proposal to allow private marijuana clubs failed. Didn't get enough signatures. <coughs> City officials including Mayor Michael Hancock, had not taken a position yet on either measure, but city attorneys raised questions about what would happen if they both got through. Um, I guess they're kind of lucky they both did. Some of the cities and towns already are allowing these clubs anyway. City marijuana policy spokesman. Dan Rowland wrote an email that the certification, certification of the social use initiative will prompt a detailed review looking at potential implications for the city, including its impact on the marijuana regulations, how it might be affected by state law. So local is going to affect state. So hopefully maybe, you know, that's what we're doing here too, right? We look forward to the opportunity to continue exploring this issue into a large, broad range of community conversation that needs to happen around social consumption of cannabis. Both proposed initiatives had aimed to address what activists see as a lingering issue following Colorado voters' legalization of recreational marijuana sales and possession in 2012. So, their ballot measure 2 was called Amendment 64, and it didn't allow for public use of cannabis like ours. And under state and local laws, Denver residents have few places to consume cannabis outside their homes, like Alaska. That also poses a particular problem for many tourists, like Alaska, since most hotels and other lodging don't allow the use of cannabis either. The measure that's headed for the ballot would make changes to city ordinance to create consumption area permits. Businesses still would have to comply with the state's anti-smoking law indoors, and cannabis businesses would not be allowed to apply for permits because of state license restrictions. So the anti-smoking laws... Indoors, not sure what that's going to have to do with maybe ventilation or maybe just all vaporizing. Calabari and other activists, including some of the most prominent backers of Amendment 64, say their goal is that a handful of responsible businesses will lead the way in cannabis-friendly neighborhoods. All right. Cannabis-friendly neighborhoods. Is that just pushing the cannabis shops to certain areas of a city? I kind of like the way zoning works. If you're allowed to put it there, you should be allowed to put it there. 
Alright, shall the... So then it goes on. Here is exactly what their ballot measure they are voting for. City of Denver Cannabis Consumption Pilot Program. Shall the voters of the city and county of Denver adopt an ordinance that creates a cannabis consumption pilot program where the city and county of Denver may permit a business or person with evidence of support of an eligible neighborhood association or business improvement district to allow the consumption of cannabis in a designated consumption area. Such associations or districts may set forth conditions on the operation of a designated consumption area, including permitting or restricting concurrent uses, consumptions, or services offered, if any. The designated consumption area is limited to those over the age of 21, must comply with the Colorado Clean Indoor Air Act, may overlap with any other type of business or licensed premise, and cannot be located within a thousand feet of a school. A designated consumption area that is located outside cannot be visible from a public right-of-way or a place where children congregate. The city shall create a task force to study the impacts of cannabis consumption permits on the city. The city may enact additional regulations and ordinance to further regulate designated consumption areas that are not in conflict with this ordinance. And the cannabis consumption pilot program expires on December 31st, 2020, or earlier if the city passes comprehensive regulations governing cannabis consumption. Vote yes or no. Seems pretty good. Thing I worry about is where where it's going to be pushed to, involving the areas. And that's fair too. People have a right to live where they want to live, but you don't have the same right to say you don't want to allow a convenience store in your area or um, people who drive red trucks. You know. That's why we have zoning, to protect people's rights and freedoms in this country. What are we going to do here in Alaska? What are we going to do here in Alaska? What we're going to do here in Alaska is we're going to listen to the Cannabis Control Board. They're going to talk about it Thursday and Friday. Hopefully they have it wrapped up Thursday. Pakalolo says they're opening up a on-site consumption. I'm excited to see what that looks like. I love THC Club. Let's bring it back. Let's not be afraid of being the first. Let's be the first and lead the way and do it right. Hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Toka. You can find more episodes on SoundCloud, Search Mid Toka, and FarNorthToka.com. See you!